And sometimes I think when you are breaking things down to such a simplistic level, people can feel like they're going back to the beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? They feel mm. like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally a beginner again. Like I I'm beyond this sort of things. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to episode number 142 of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Baden Scharf, who uh, is a PGA pro in golf, and he is also the co-creator of Skillist. Now, you might have heard me talk about Skillist. This is the app that we use at our clinics and at our camps to help swimmers uh, to help analyze from the stroke uh, strokes and also just to uh, to really show them what they're doing under the water and for me this is a, an app that has completely changed the way that we coach and uh, I've got Baden to thank for that and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about skillist but also talk about what are some lessons that uh, Baden has learned from coaching people in golf and how we can apply that to swimming and how you can improve your own swimming through some of those lessons so Baden welcome to the podcast Hey, Brendan, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. And we've known each other for, for quite a few years now. I, I was trying to think back when it was, but I mean, I'm thinking maybe five years, do you reckon? Yeah, I think um, potentially maybe even longer. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, potentially longer. But uh, yeah, you've always sort of been in the periphery of my, uh, my thinking because I do love my swimming and I went and got coaching from you. I reckon it must have been seven years ago now. Yeah, I'll have to search through the emails because uh, the funny thing is, like you, you know, we sort of met each other through swimming, and then uh, a couple of years ago, you uh, and your business partner Alan developed um, the Skillist app, which is primarily was primarily set up for um, for helping you teach the uh, the golfers that you're coaching and uh, improve the way that you coach them. So, how did that originate, and what was the the purpose behind it originally? Because I mean, for me, it has just been such such a game changer. I can't emphasize enough uh, for coaching people at our clinics and camps now. Yeah, and that's just the coolest thing ever to hear. Um, obviously, when we built it originally, we always have visions that it would be um, across, you know, um, multiple sports. So it's, you know, that was why I came to you originally to see if you thought it was something uh, applicable to you. But I suppose the, the the origination of the whole idea came from, you know, I've been teaching the game uh, golf for 15 years, and it's just during those 15 years that I just saw so many problems with our industry. So the way you use the app is very much in person uh, where you teach people that are standing in front of you or swimming in front of you. Uh, and um, it's, you know, great for that, for being able to analyze their strokes and then send them home. And they effectively then become part of your digital academy where they can send their stroke when they're, um, you know, swimming on their own and things like that. But at, that's that component of it, that online coaching component, that is what we set out to really solve originally. So as a golf pro, I mean, I hated the fact that I had to live in a really, really densely populated area to be super busy um i just couldn't understand why can't i you know live in the country and still be able to coach so obviously i was very much restricted by geography very much restricted by um seasonality so in summer you're incredibly busy in winter you're incredibly quiet and and then i also just noticed a lot of um problems with the way students were actually trying to integrate what i wanted them to do they um uh, effectively had to be standing in front of me to be getting better. So people would come for a golf lesson. They would then disappear. Uh, they'd come back like five weeks later and 
they'd sort of integrated or they'd try to remember what you taught them and, you know, life got in the way and they didn't do their drills and they hadn't done anything. And effectively, you give them the exact same lesson uh, when they come back to see you. So what we wanted to do and what we set out to do was effectively create this um, global marketplace for coaching using video analysis. So you could learn from any coach anywhere in the world um, that you either found on social or uh, through our platform. And then we gave these awesome streamlined tools to be able to upload video footage whenever you wanted. So, cause that was one thing in particular is that when I was teaching someone, I knew that all I needed to do was tell them that they were working on things the right way. So what I mean by that is that they could after 24 hours of getting a golf lesson, they could then effectively send something back to me and just say, hey, is this what you wanted me to do? And um, I think that's one of the reasons that people haven't progressed at golf is because they do disappear for four or five weeks at a time and they just don't know if they're working on things the right way. So that was sort of the genesis of the idea. And now, you know, we've got hundreds of weekly active coaches, golf coaches on the app. And um, uh, we were talking about it previously. We've got coaches making up whatever $100,000 teaching uh, through their phone to their students all around the world. And this might, uh, I mean, I've sort of emphasized how much I, I love the app. I've got no interest in it apart from uh, we use it. And uh, it's <laughs> basically saved me from employing someone two to three days a week to uh, download upload rename videos um from clinics and camps that we do like it just it is it saved me so much time and it made my job so much easier to do and what i what i really like about the app is like what we'll often do at clinics is we, we film people we do the analysis and then at the end of the the the, the clinic we will just uh, up, upload it hit submit and then that person's got it on their app and so i know people that look mm. at that you know almost pretty much every week and they're going all right this is what mm. i was doing uh, and now this is what I need to, to change. And it's really clear what those things are that they, they need to change. And then um, now the app is sort of more intended for people who are, you can get access to, to coaches around the world. We use it sort of slightly differently uh, at the moment, but I, I, th I love just the, the ease of use and being able to um, essentially just use video in a really easy way where you're not mucking around with like emailing files and all this sort of stuff. Like it's just, yeah. it, it makes that very easy. And um, what, um, what we do now as well is like we do follow-up filmings for clinics. So someone who's come to a clinic, they can come back and get another filming done. And then I do the analysis during the week. And the really cool thing about what we can do now is we can like, I can pull up the old video, look at the changes that they've made and go, all right, this one's looking good. This is good. All right, you might need to focus back in on, on your alignment and now focus on these couple of things. So um, yeah, just a, just a really, really cool way to um, be able to do what, what we do and uh, i mean you've been coaching for a number of years yeah. now and i want to sort of explore some mm. of those things that you've i mean sort of how you use use the app to coach but also some, some of those things that you've learned as a coach um that's helped you get better results with your your students so if we dive into a couple of those what what are some lessons that you've learned in, in the last five to ten years that uh, has changed the way that you approach your coaching um, look, golf is just this crazy game. So, um, as most of, uh, or probably all of your listeners who have tried to play the game know, it's, it's, you know, sublime to the ridiculous. You have moments of genius and then, um, other times you look completely uncoordinated. And th this is the, the fundamental problem with the game that people can, uh, I always say that you can't accidentally get into a swimming pool and swim 50 metres in 21 seconds. Like, it just doesn't happen. But you can actually stand on a 
you know, the hardest golf hole in the world, and you can hole an iron shot from 200 metres away. Um, and so what that does, it effectively gives you this false sense of security. Like, it, it gives you this impression that you should be able to do that all the time. So the hard thing with golf is that people are uh, – they're always looking there at their absolute best and thinking, okay, I should be able to repeat that all the time. But it's actually – a lot further away than what they think. So, yeah, the, the fundamental problem is is just how it can seem so easy at times, but being able to do that on a repeatable basis is the hardest thing in the world. And the problem that we face at driving ranges, for example, where I teach, is that when we're trying to fix someone's golf swing, so as um, you discussed, we film their swing, we get them up on the video and we analyze them and then I get them in front of mirrors and I train their body to do the correct thing. We'll do lots of drills, lots of dry work where we don't even hit a golf ball. Um, so we try and do lots of that stuff. But the problem is as soon as they turn around and hit that golf ball, they're worried about the ball flight. So they're always reacting to the ball flight. And so my job is always to say, look, let's not even worry about the ball flight that is going to be a consequence of how we change your body to work. But it's really, really difficult because you've got that extra factor. You've got that um, that feedback. Every, so, every time you make a golf swing, you've got the feedback of, was that a good one or a bad one, based on how well the ball's flying. Mm. So that's incredibly difficult to deal with, where when you're trying to get someone to do a completely different move with their body to what they're used to, um, trying to feel very different and then not react to the ball flight is incredibly hard. So what we do is obviously try and um, get people to drill things as much as possible. I get people uh, to stand at home in front of mirrors all day long. So I remember when I went and studied at an academy up in Queensland um, uh, in the early 2000s, this brilliant coach who I'm st is still my mentor said to us, okay, you need to go and get mirrors. And what my um, myself and my best friend did we literally went down to Suzanne's and we went everywhere we could go and we found every mirror possible so that in the apartment that we were living in you could not turn around a corner without looking <laughs> at yourself so we literally so you'd be there having a beer on the balcony and we had mirrors out on the balcony so that you could stand there and train your body to do the correct thing without the influence of the ball there and there's absolutely no doubt that that is what gets people to do the right thing because you take that external influence of, you know, watching the ball flight all the time. So that's the thing that is really hard to do. And I'm probably carrying on here a little bit, but the, the other thing that is really, really hard to deal with is that they, everyone plays this Saturday, right? So generally everyone who I'm coaching has got to play this coming Saturday. So you can train them and push their body around and they can feel like they're almost having an out-of-body experience with the way that their body's working relative to what it used to. And the problem is, is that they might have four days to try and train that in. And then when they stand on that first tee on Saturday in their Saturday comp, they'll be standing there with their three mates that they play with every week. They know that they usually slice the ball over to the right the bunkers over there on the left and everything just goes out the window. They're just like, okay, I'm just going to go back and do what I always did sort of thing. So these are the, the really, really difficult things that we face all the time. And sometimes I will tell students that, you know, maybe don't play for a couple of weeks and we just, we just train your body. So yeah. So they're the things that I've really learned over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, some of the big problems that we face. That's interesting. The comparison for me, I, I guess is like there's, or the, the similarities there is that uh, 
when the, like, and we, we do these drills now uh, for learning the catch and the pull that are really different and really simple compared to what we, we used to teach because that I think is one of the harder aspects of the, the stroke to, to learn. And so we basically mm. like one of the, the main drills that we do is called YMCA drill and that will just take people through four, the four key positions in the catch and the pull that you see pretty much every elite swimmer move through and we they yeah. kick for five seconds or they spend five seconds in those four key positions. So it ends up being about 20 seconds for the full cycle. But the good thing about that is they have the, the time to be able to look at what their arms are doing, make any adjustments if they need to. And that's kind of like the mirror for them. They actually get to see what they're doing. Mm. And if they're, if they're not in the right position, make the change and then um, continue on with it. And what I've found by doing that drill is that then they're not they're not overthinking things because with drills like there's drills like you know doggy scoop and, and long dog paddle um, and all these other ones that we that I think are still great and they have a purpose but with all of those drills they're in they're moving all the time and it's quite a complex yeah. movement just going through the catch itself so this is really good for yeah. just getting them to to adjust their position and, and have that ability to see what they're doing and then change it and then what I like to get them to do to to be able to maintain that in their full stroke is sometimes you can just put a snorkel or keep a snorkel on put a pool boy in so you take the legs and the breathing out of it and then you can just mm. even continue to look at the arms at what they're doing and you just kind of take mm. that easy step first then you might take the pool boy out but keep the snorkel on and do a few laps of swimming and then just sort of take the snorkel off as well and just progressively build up to that full stroke mm. but yeah just taking it step by step and uh, and making or giving them time or letting know it's going to take some time to be able to replicate that mm. at full speed and for longer longer distances and it's i think the, the the comparison between going out and playing golf with your mates and then just falling back into old habits that to me is mm. either you know swimming with with friends at a squad or swimming with them at the pool or being on the watch and uploading your your data to strava and not wanting to look like yeah. you're going 10 seconds slower per 100 if you need to go through that regression to eventually get faster Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And um, yeah, and sometimes I think when you are breaking things down to such a simplistic level, people can feel like they're going back to the beginning. You know what I mean? They feel mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally a beginner again. Like I, I'm beyond this sort of thing. So yeah. that's also very, very scary for a lot of students is when you're trying to teach them the scales before they play Beethoven, you know, they can feel <laughs> like, my God, I'm starting all over again. But as you and I both know, it's not that at all. It's just, um, yeah, it's just getting things correct. And it's amazing. I mean, I always say that when someone um, is getting a lesson from me and we feel like they feel like they're being ripped apart, it might only be a relatively simple change. But as you know, the way something feels and the way it is are completely different things. But they can actually feel like when you're changing it in their brain, they all, they start to say to themselves, oh, my God, I'm five years away from getting this. <laughs> yeah. So. They really, they, it feels like it's five years away, but if they actually do the right work and put their time and put the time in, it can happen in months, uh, if you know what I mean. So it can feel like it's starting all over again, but if they just stick to their processes, it can actually happen a lot faster than what they're imagining it's going to be. Yeah, and you certainly see that when you coach so many people is that you can see roughly the, the path that if they continue on this path with the changes that you, you want them to make, you can see where they can end up three, four, five months down the track, and that can be mm. well ahead of where they currently are. But it, it just feel it just feels so um, so awkward so sometimes. Far away. 
Yeah, and and yeah. what I've what I've started to do at times, depending on the person, is like at the end of a clinic, uh, we will have gone through our our, our drill progression and sequence, and uh, we'll be doing the final analysis. And for some people, if there's more than say one or two things to work on, I'll I'll say all right for the next two to three weeks, you might just focus on your your head position and your posture. Um, you might think about keeping your, your neck long, and you might do front kick drill um, to help. Um, implement that change and then after that then you might look to work on um, your your alignment and you know make it go a little bit wider do that for two to three weeks and then after that yeah go through those catch and pull drills to continue to develop that so just Mm. giving them that little bit of structure and expected Mm. time to be able to make those changes a little bit more automatic and um, and that way I've, I've found like they're going, okay, so well, I can I can do that for the next sort of eight to ten weeks and um, it, it doesn't feel like I'm a a year or two away from getting to where I need to be. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it takes discipline though, doesn't it? That's the oh, thing. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just not for everyone. That is just, uh, something that that's one thing I've definitely become very aware of. Like I, I hate to ever judge students, but you can know relatively quickly. I think that, um, whether or not any, this is going to work with a certain student because I mean, it sort of gets back to what I said just before is that students know that they want to play this Saturday. And I mean, I get this situation where sometimes people will walk in uh, just holding on to their driver. They won't have bought any other golf club. They've only got their driver and they just want to fix their driver for Saturday sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so not my student sort of thing. Um, So it takes it does take a a special type of student who's willing to go through a little pain, go through the process, have a lot of discipline. Uh, for what is absolutely uh, incredible benefits at the end of it. Mm. And I, one of the the challenges that I have is, and, and you're, I mean, I know you put out a lot of content as well, just like video content, is that there's so many different things to to think about. And you know, I sort of do two videos mm. um, a week, but then our team puts that into about you know five to ten different videos, and they're all talking about similar but different topics. And so it's very easy yep. to get distracted. So if I ever coach someone oh. through our like you know, online coaching or, or at a clinic, I like I let them know that, all right, anything like any videos you see of mine over the next like three to four months, ignore them because you've now got what you need <laughs> to, you've now got those things that are going to yeah. help you swim faster. So don't get distracted. Um, and yeah, if I'm ever doing like a, a one-on-one with someone and um, do a follow-up with them and um, you know, I've said, all right, these are the two things that you, you need to do or focus on. And we come back the next week and they're going, oh, and I was trying this and I was trying that, you know, just talking about the different aspects of completely off off topic of what we, we focused on. Then yeah. 100% chance that they, they haven't made those changes because they've just gotten distracted and uh, are working yeah. on things that they don't actually need to work on. 100%. Yeah. We call in golf, we call them searches. You know, they're just uh, every day they're on YouTube and watching something different and trying a different thing every day. And I, there's no doubt, look, I used to be one of those There's no, um, as a kid, I was always searching for that probably quick fix. And I think in the golf industry, um, you know, we are, um, to, to blame uh, for our, uh, the, the problems that we have because through all of the, not necessarily social media and YouTube, but absolutely through golf magazines and golf digest and these things over the years, everything is you know, the quick fix, like fix your grip to gain 30 yards. And there's this, um, you know, the rhetoric around that is just, you know, it's, it's been terrible for years sort of thing. So to try and say to someone, Hey, there is no such thing as a quick fix and it's a six month process. That's yeah. It's um, it takes a special kind of person. 
Yeah, I've tried to make my messaging a bit more about that is like ha- having that long-term thinking and, and being willing to put up, sort of suck it up for a, a couple of weeks while it doesn't feel good and, and letting them know mm. how long to expect, uh, how long it can actually take. And what, I, what mm. I've enjoyed about doing that is it doesn't set unrealistic expectations. And I think it, it and for me, it attracts a, a, a type of person that I really enjoy working with because they actually are willing to put in the, the work and, and think long-term about it. So, um, and that, yep. and you know, when you're coaching, that's, that's what it's kind of all about is working with people who you enjoy working with and have got the, uh, yep. the right mindset and, and, and frame of mind about it. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. And so, um, for, for the coaching that you're, you're doing, like you're pretty much all one-on-one coaching, what, what sort of time frame do you like to see people in? Like, is it once a, once a week, once every two weeks, what it, have you found to work best? Uh, it really depends on the student. So sort of pretty much getting back to sort of what we uh, just talked about in that uh, it comes down to what they're doing in between time. So the biggest misconception when you come and get a golf lesson is that when you're walking away from that golf lesson, you've done your work. It's mm. actually the opposite of that. That's when the work starts. So you're, when you come and get a lesson from me, like I'm incredibly content heavy, like I use Skillist all day to literally record everything I'm saying to them effectively. So, you know, I use the analytical tools and I draw all over it and I bring in, you know, model uh, swings and I compare them. So when a student goes home, they can go home with up to like 20, 25 minutes worth of content from an hour long lesson sort of thing. So, um, so, but that's, that's their information. That's when they take that, they go home and they do something with it. Um, If they do absolutely nothing uh, in between time, they, it can work both ways. Sometimes they need to come back immediately because they need, uh, they effectively need you to be there to get better. Um, but sometimes if they're working on it, just grinding away, standing in front of mirrors, doing really, really slow motion swings. I love a lot of slow motion stuff. Um, you know, like when I go and hit golf balls, uh, and I still do this a lot, like I'm always working at my own golf swing. I very rarely hit driver, three wood or anything, you know, really long. I'm All I do is stand there and train my body to do the right thing. And I only really use sort of, uh, you know, eight irons and seven irons to do that. And then when I actually go to the golf course, I hit my driver really well, even though I'm never practicing with it because I've just trained my body to do the right thing with the smaller club. So it's the students who go away, drill it in. Then they'll use Skillist often to send me something and just make sure they're working uh, on things the right way. Uh, I'll be like, yeah, that's perfect. Or no, no, you need to do a lot more of that. I mean, you can sort of, I don't know, you can go as long as sort of four weeks in between seeing someone, as long as they're chipping away at the right things. Um, But then sometimes with a student, if they are coming along and they literally swing it. It's a train wreck. You know, they've got things moving all over the place. It's completely unrepeatable. They don't know where their ball flight's going. And it is a really, really big rebuild. You may literally have to see them within the week again sort of thing. So it really does depend on who the student is, what stage of their game they're at, and then um, what they're doing in between time, which is absolutely everything is what they're doing in between time. Yeah, yeah, I've found a very similar thing. When uh, people join our Stroke Analysis membership, some people will, I say, look, send a video next week uh, or in two weeks um, after you've had a chance to to practice these drills, and um, yeah, and and maybe for the first like two to three months, they're sending a video every week or two, 
Uh, and right. then after that, you know, you can extend it out and it might end up being three or four weeks uh, or even even more than that, depending on, on where they're at. So yeah, usually the the newer swimmers, the more beginner swimmers need that little bit more, um, that higher yeah. frequency. And then those that are more experienced, um, not, not as often. But usually in the beginning, I, I like to have them send videos on a more regular basis because then you can just, you can get a sense of, their ability to be able to, to change their their stroke and uh, when i first started coaching people online or working on or helping them with their technique i had no idea if it would work at all uh, and you i don't know if you had that same sort of um like question about when you started coaching yeah. people through through skillless and you didn't actually seem to face to face and i thought look i'll give it a try and, and just see what happens but I was I was amazed at the results that people have gotten and continue to get just through yeah. online coaching people who I've never met face to face. Like it's um, the, the, what I think it's about is like if you can explain things the right way, you can assign the right drill and and let them know how it will feel and then what to expect, and you have yeah. that free, high you know, high enough frequency of sort of um, getting videos that like people then have their in their own time they can just really think about it and they're not overly sort of stressed because they're not in this pressure situation of having someone look over them like it it actually can can work even better sometimes for some people well that's um exactly what we're finding on the golfing side of things is and this is probably it was a thesis of ours but we weren't 100 percent sure if it was going to work out that way if you think about a um driving range uh where i work you know there's um and i still do work you know sort of teach three days a week sort of thing there's five pga professionals standing there um you walk in there there's you know a lot of commotion you walk over to your pro it's really quite intimidating. He's already given seven lessons that day, mightn't be, uh, have um, you know much patience. It's a horrible learning environment, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. And um, especially, and I know when I've had um, swimming lessons and when I've had um, even um, sort of stroke correction during a, a squad session, it's just the wrong time to almost do it because you're yeah. so you're so intent on doing it right in that really small amount of time you've got to do it. So obviously it's like, you know, at the driving range, it's like a sausage factory. People are coming in for hour after hour after hour sort of thing. And you're so intent on getting it right as a student in that one hour that you can't actually execute. Whereas <laughs> this is, okay, here's the information. You, this is what you need to work on in your stroke or in your golf swing. Do it in your own time in a really safe and comfortable environment and do it um, without the pressure. And that's exactly what we're finding is that there's also a sense of um, self-discovery that goes on that doesn't happen as much in the one-on-one environment. When your mm. pro is there, your golf pro or when your swimming coach is there, basically you you pretty much are being told what to do and there's no self-discovery component to it at all, whereas um, this is what happens online. So. I mean, this is the um, there's a bunch of things that have started popping up that we're um, really excited about in Skillless, which is we thought we think it could potentially be an even better way to learn, which is exactly what you just said. So it's uh, yeah, we're really really excited about that. It's you know like having worked with people who are sort of learning specialists, they like we know that learning isn't linear and it takes a, a lot of time, but as soon as you add multiple stimuli to the environment, you can't retain anything effectively. So 
you know, if you go to a really busy swimming pool right, and you've got a, a, a really great coach but potentially really intimidating coach and then you've got six other people in the lane with you who look like they're doing it perfectly and you feel like you can these environmental things mean that you just won't be able to execute effectively. So mm-hmm. if you can put yourself in your really comfortable own environment and just think about what relates to you, don't worry about what anyone else is thinking, we it's it's proven that that's actually a better better environment to learn in yeah that's interesting that you've i mean found pretty much exactly what i've come to learn yeah. over the last few years of coaching people uh, online and i think with it like with squad trying to get any sort of technique help in a squad is just is yeah. virtually impossible because first of all the coach just yeah. doesn't have the time to be able to dedicate the time that's needed to be able to sort of give you feedback and explain it properly and obviously there's all the other people swimming, you, you, you're training, you're going fast. You just don't have the time yep. and the space to be able to, to change it. So that's like, I think that's Absolutely. why like our clinics have, have, part of the reason why the clinics are really popular is that that's all we do. We just focused on technique. It's six swimmers, it's one coach, yep. you've got heaps of time, heaps of space. And, um, and you have that time to yep. go through that, that self-discovery. And there's no, um, like, yes, people, are, some people will be a bit nervous at the start, but uh, as you go yep. through it, it's like everyone's in the same in the same boat. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, yep. that's an interesting find. And um, I was quite surprised when I started to see some of the improvements that people were getting. And like, I had a guy email me two days ago, and he's yep. he started off around two ten per hundred. He's now down around one forty. And I'm going to get him on a podcast soon as well. And but wow. there's been so many people like that who. Um, who have done exactly the same just through mm. uh, yeah, regular feedback. And it's, uh, it's really good to, to see. And I think for me as well, from a coaching perspective, when you like, you're just there, um, you, there's no pressure to like, not be beyond your game sort of thing. Like, cause it's kind of not, not the way I see it, but like when you are, when you're just at home, it's quiet, you look yep. at the video, you can just kind of get a really good uh, sense of what they're doing. And then you can, it's easy to pick out the faults yeah. and, and give those corrections. It's, and that's, um, sorry to interrupt, but that is, that's the other thing that we're seeing is that I, there's a coach that uses our app in New York. And he said to me the other day, I've never given a bad online lesson because (laughs) when you get the information, you know, because when you, when someone is standing in front of you, this is obviously getting back to the sausage factory thing at the driving range where you might have nine one hour lessons in a row, or, you know, you might have 18 half an hour lessons during that period. Um, basically you've got to make really split second decisions on how you're going to totally reconstruct this person's goal swing. And you quite literally at the very start, when you're, you know, you get that video and you're sitting down there, you are making split second decisions that are going to have really long-term ramifications for this person's, uh, progression. Whereas when I get someone, um, sending me video, I might watch it as soon as it pops up in my skillless profile, uh, and I'll have a quick look at it. And then I'll put it back down and I might go on, you know, with the rest of my day for, you know, the next few hours before I even think about giving him any inform- him or her any information at all. And that just is such a better way uh, to actually, you know, come up with the, the best strategy for, um, for what they need to do. Mm. Yeah. Had someone mm-hmm. told me that four or five years ago, I wouldn't have believed them. I would have thought, no, there's no way that, yeah. you can, uh, that it can be you know, better than face to face. But uh, there's there's so many benefits to it. So, uh, mate, that's that's fantastic. Well, thanks for yeah. for sharing that, and uh, thank you hugely for creating Skillless because it's made my life 
so much easier and uh just don't don't stop because uh we we really need it <laughs> we, we we rely heavily on it so uh mate thanks uh, very much and if anyone is looking to get in contact with uh with you in terms of like skillist or if they enjoy their golf and they yep. live in melbourne um or around the world because yep. i know you run you're starting to run some um sort of camps or trips uh trips yep. around the world so what's the best way to get in contact with you yeah, well, um, uh, email is baden at skillist.co uh, and I'm on Instagram as well, which is baden Schaff, which is B-A-D-E-N-S-C-H-A-F-F. Um, you can get me there, DM me there. Uh, and, yeah, obviously you can download Skillist. There's cool content you can watch on there as well. But if you do have your golf swing, you can literally send it to me and we can break it down and work together wherever you live. Love it. Thanks very much, mate, and uh, I'll chat with you soon. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.